You're listening to Parenting Our Future with certified parent coach, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in your parenting so you can create the family you always wanted. Hi parents, it's Robin McMahon here. Just before you dive into this episode, I wanna invite you to join my new membership site for free. My site, which is at www.parent-toolbox.com, is the companion to my award-winning podcast where you will find game-changing tools and resources from me and from my expert guests who are among the top leaders in the parenting world. Join for free today at www.parent-toolbox.com. Now back to the show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Parenting Our Future. It's Robin McMahon here, and welcome back to part two of my 100th episode. I guess technically it's my 101st episode, but I am just so glad to have you here. And please don't forget, you just have a couple of days left to enter to win my 100th episode prize draw. So you can enter uh, at uh, parentingforconnection.com. So www.parentingforconnection.com. And there uh, you will see the awesome prizes that we have. So you can win first prize, which is a full coaching session with me. Um, not just one, but three months worth of support for your family, specific to your family, unique to your family. What I do is I work with you for a couple of uh, a couple of weeks, and that's just a couple of calls where I dive into your past parenting, into what's happening now with your family, and with that information, I put together a plan for you, and something that is specific to the dynamic that you have in your home, right? So. Um, that's what I do for um, for the first prize. And the value is over $3,000 for that, by the way. And uh, second prize is for you to spoil yourself. It's a $200 gift card from Amazon. Next, because we just deserve to have warm coffee all the time instead of microwaving it throughout the day. An Ember Smart Mug to keep your coffee at the perfect temperature while you are enjoying it. And then I am giving away for the fourth prize for one hour calls with me. So there will be four winners of the fourth prize. And look, I'm giving these away because a one hour private one-on-one -on -one call sometimes is exactly what you need to make the change in your family that you want. You know, I've seen lives change in an hour. And, uh, you know, I, I just want to be able to help as many people as I can. So that is what you're getting. And everybody that enters is going to get my quick fixes for frustrated families. It is a 12 page guide and uh, it will give you some really easy to use quick fixes to really get you in the right mindset with the right tools and the right like words to say to get your kids to listen to you so you can have more cooperation and more harmony in your home so you can feel less stressed, angry and triggered and all that stuff. So that is my gift to you just for entering. And the steps to enter are all on the website, but just to review, it is um, for you to, to, to have a valid entry, you've got to go to Apple iTunes and it's just Apple. Uh, unfortunately, if you're using your Android phone, it doesn't qualify. So you have to go to Apple iTunes, to the podcast, search Parenting Our Future, and then please subscribe review and rate. Uh, so review, write uh, an honest review of what you think of my show and then rating you have um, from one to five stars. Of course, I would love five stars if that feels right to you, but please do what feels right to you. 
So that's how you do it. And there's a form on uh, parentingourfuture.com for you to submit. And that's where we'll get your entry. And then we will send you an email with the guide. So let's dive into the, the next five, the next five things that I wish I knew before, when I first became a mom. And so the last episode, as a quick review, I talked about how parenting isn't an emergency, how we can slow down, slower responses, and just put some space between what our kids say and do and our reaction. Um, that it's never personal, that actually their kids' behavior, even if it feels personal, it really is never about you. It's never personal. Um, next was listening is everything, right? We all need to be heard. And this is the gift that you want to give your kids is to listen, to deeply listen to them. We always talk about our, we want our kids to listen to us. Well, we need to do that to them. We need to do that for them it's to really deeply listen. Um, and next it was, I talked about how we need to be our kids safe place, which is all about validating their emotions and giving them empathy, even if you don't agree, even if you don't agree. And next is accepting your child. Look, you may have a child you don't like. You may have a child that has so many things going on with them, like I do, and it's easy to dislike that. It's like, this isn't what I signed up for, but it is what it is. And you know, when we fight with reality, when we fight with what is, that creates anxiety in us, right? And anxiety it really comes from us being at war with what is, right? Instead of accepting it, we're at war with it. We want it to change. We don't want to accept it. We want to negotiate out of it. We want to deny it, but it just is what it is. And I know that's so cliche, right? It is what it is, but it is. And so we have to accept it. And it doesn't mean that you don't do anything about it. It's just that you accept it and you stop fighting it which opens up so much more, so many more things for you. It, it opens up the opportunity for you to be curious instead of judging, right? It, it offers up the opportunity for you to connect with your child in a different way. Acceptance is huge. And I'll tell you what, when you don't accept your child, they feel it. So my homework for you, and I love, please, you know, um, send me a post uh, or you know, uh, a message, a post, anything on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, and tell me what it is that you are accepting of your child. Tell me what it is that you enjoy about your child that they don't have to earn, that they don't have to hustle for, that it has nothing to do with talents or anything like that. It is just who they are intrinsically who they are, what you can love about them. And I said things like, I love your feet. Your feet look like mine. I love being with you. Okay. Feet's weird. I know. Um, but you know, like, I just love being around you. I just love hearing your voice. I love it. When you say mom, I love that sound. It's my favorite sound. And incidentally, that is one of my favorite sounds. It's just hearing my kids say mom and mommy for a while there. One of my boys was calling me mummers and it was my favorite thing. And my other one, my, my little one would call me, um, just call me mama. And I loved it. So all that stuff is stuff that we can get joy from. Even when we have a child that's struggling, even when we have a child that is strong-willed or isn't the kind of kid that we thought we would have, right? So let's talk about my next five things that I just wish that I knew. And this is a big one. This is a big one. And this stops so many people from getting help. And that is 
that if you feel like you're failing, it is 100% a shared human experience. It is a shared parenting experience. We all feel like we're failing from time to time and it's okay. I know you are always doing the best you can. And sometimes you can't even, sometimes it's too much. Sometimes you just can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, am I, is it gonna be like this always? Am I always gonna struggle with my kids? Are they always going to battle me? Am I always gonna, are they always gonna talk back? Are they always gonna argue with me? How do I get out of this? Will I ever be happy? Will we ever be able to take a family vacation that's peaceful? Can I even just take my kids to the park? You know, I see every, everybody else and everybody else seems to be doing better than me. Well, I'll tell you what, that's what I thought. And I'm the kind of person, um, my birthday's in July. So I, uh, I'm, my, my sign is a cancer and um, I am totally a crab. Like I am a crab in more ways than one, but I like withdraw and I hide. And that's what it was like for me when I first became a mom because the people around me seemed to be doing fine in their parenting, right? And I felt like such a failure because I couldn't calm my child down when he was a baby. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't do anything. Nothing I did seemed to work. And I just felt worse and worse and worse about myself. And it really started when, when I, when I first had my, my first son, I was 11 days overdue, ended up having to have a C-section, but I was in labor for two days. And then I was devastated when I had a C-section devastated. I've never been that devastated or hysterical in my life. I remember how humiliated I felt when I had to, when I had my first shower and I had to ask my husband to pull my underwear up for me. I was humiliated and embarrassed. And I just, I just had never experienced the depth of those feelings before. And I, I thought I was a failure. I couldn't even have my my child the normal way. I'm using air quotes. Um, but these are the things that I was telling myself. Uh, and, um, and then I couldn't nurse him. <sighs> Talk about feeling like a failure. The one thing I should be able to do, should be able to do is to feed my child. And I couldn't do that. And I tried, I really, really tried. I did not want to give up. I tried, but it didn't work. And then, um, and then I couldn't calm him down. And so I felt like a loser from the beginning and I would spend, and, and so, you know, feeling that way from the start, it skewed my perception and it, I, I had all of these terrible thoughts about myself. I mean, I was beating myself up nonstop. Plus I wasn't sleeping. So I also couldn't sleep. Uh, and it was just like hell on earth. And I, and I remember seeing pregnant women and going, Oh, like, like shivering when I saw them thinking like, Oh man, you don't know what you're in for. And I just felt so alone. I felt so alone and I didn't feel like I could admit it. I didn't feel like I could. My doctor was the first one that actually threw me a bit of a bone. Uh, and he said, do you feel like you want to throw your kid out the window yet? And I was like, Oh, and of course I was like, Oh, ha, 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 no, no, no. But I was like, yeah, actually, I think I do. But I was so ashamed. And I grew up with, um, with my dad, who um, was really against getting help, really against psychologists and you know all this stuff. So 
you know, had I not had that experience, I might have asked for help when I needed it, but I didn't. I didn't ask for help because I was ashamed, deep, deep shame. And, and this is the way I see it now. I think that, you know, we are told all of our lives that we're going to be moms as women, that that's pretty much the expectation. I played with dolls. I played house, you know, as a kid, all that stuff. I, I definitely thought I was going to be a mom. Um, there was a point at which I didn't know if I wanted kids. But when my husband and I were together um, as adults, we've been together. We were together when we were teenagers too. But as adults, when we came back together, he was just the most wonderful man. And I thought like, he's going to make the best dad. So, so we started on the path to, to building a family and, you know, I just didn't know what I didn't know. And both of us are youngest kids, so we didn't have any experience before. But anyway, so back to back to the expectation, right? As soon as we got married, it's like, when are you guys having kids? When are you having kids? When are you having kids? And so then it's like, okay, yeah, I guess, I guess we're doing this. Like, we're going to do this, right? You'd make a great dad. I don't know about me, but you'd make a great dad is what I said to myself. And um, I was still not sure I would be a great mom, to be honest. There was something, there was something in me that I, I felt like, I don't know if I can do this, but we did it anyway. And, um, and I got pregnant right away. Literally, I knew the next day that I, well, you know what I mean? The next day that I had, um, that I had conceived, it was crazy. It was like, there were fireworks in my stomach. I could feel it. I could feel it. And, and when I say stomach, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, it was crazy. I just knew it. And so, you know, I always say about my son that, you know, he was just waiting to come to us. He was just waiting, waiting for the right moment. And there he was. So it was really lucky. And I know that that is not everybody's experience to be that lucky to conceive so quickly, but we did anyway. And so, um, so the thing is, is that we're told all of our lives that we're going to do this, that we should do this, that it's expected of us, but nobody teaches us how. And all the experience that we have is the experience of our own childhood and how we were raised. And here's the thing, you're going to parent the way you were parented, period. That's just the way it works because you don't have anything else to fall back on, right? For the most of us, that's just the truth. So here we are with all these expectations about being moms and being parents, and we really don't know what we're doing. And there's nobody there to take us aside and say, hey, this is what you're going to expect. And hey, you know, sometimes it is going to be really hard. And there's days that you're going to feel so, so bad. And, you know, my friend, Corey, who's also a parent coach, she, um, she says, you know, we, we have instructions for everything. We don't put up a shelf from Ikea without instructions, but here's a child right? And there's so many things that we need to know about a child that we don't know that they don't come with a fully grown brain, that they live in their emotional brain for the first seven years of their life, that their reasoning, rational thought, their, their prefrontal cortex doesn't even come online until they're seven years old. And it doesn't finish growing until their mid to late twenties. That stuff is important. We need to know that stuff and it's not what we're told. And so enter shame because we feel like we should know this. We feel like we should be able to do this. We feel like we should love it as well and be so grateful for it. And yes, yes, that's true. Yes, feel grateful, feel fortunate, love your beautiful child. And it's okay to say this sucks. 
It's okay to say, I hate being a mom today. It's okay to say, this is too hard today. This is so hard. And it's okay to put your hand up and say, I need help. This is really hard. I need some help. Because what you do when you do that is you help all of us become more comfortable with accepting and asking for help. You know, it starts by just putting your hand up and saying, hey, you know, can somebody help me? Can someone look after my kids while I have a nap? Can someone look after my kids while I go and just do something for a minute just for me? It's okay to say that. We all feel that way. And when I say that you asking for help helps us all, it just drops this facade of perfectionism that we seem to be perpetuating on social media, right? It's definitely true. And I know that I've searched through and looked through people's um, feeds or posts as they come up on my feed and been like, wow, must be nice. You get that lovely vacation. Oh, great. Your kid already has a job. Lovely. That's so great. Oh, good. They've got their, they've got their babysitting certificate or they've got their learner's license. Oh, well, that's just wonderful for them. We're not there yet. And that sucks, right? But comparison is the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of joy. Don't compare yourself to others because that will hurt you. And I did that for a long, long time. I thought everybody had it together, but me, why was I such a loser? Why was I so bad? And I can tell you right now, you are not alone. And that's one of the things that I hear more often than not when I do my group coaching is that the parents just say, it's so nice just to know that I'm not the only one who feels this way. And so I just want you to know you're not alone. It's okay to ask for help. And it's good for us all if you do. And it makes sense to ask for parenting help and go to the experts in parenting. Um, you know, that's why I do what I do so that I can help you. So if you are struggling in your parenting and you want to talk to me, I have calls all the time with parents that want help. And I have 30 minute calls that you can join me for and they're they're on zoom they're live on zoom and i want to know what you're struggling with and i want to tell you how i can help you it's not a coaching call as much as it is a, a a call to see to get clarity on where your struggles are and if you need help if you really do want help that's what they're about so that's open to you and uh, and and the link to to have a call with me is in the show notes so if that's something you want i just want you to know that it's okay to say i need help and one thing I know is that there's a lot of dads out there and I love dads. I love working with dads. But they don't get it as much. They don't understand the shame that we feel because they haven't been told all their lives. You're going to be a dad. You're going to be a dad one day, right? What about when you have kids, right? We don't talk to boys like that so much, do we? It's really the girls that we do. So it's different for them. They just think, oh, it'll be fine. You'll be fine. And I remember my husband saying that to me. When I hired a coach for myself, I didn't invite my husband. I just said, I need to do this for me because it's my pain that is so palpable right now. It's my pain that is driving me to this depression, this deep depression. So I just want to say that. I just want to say that if you're struggling, I see you, I hear you, and I love you. And it's okay to struggle. It's okay. Okay. Now, here's the next thing. I have talked to you, I've said this a bunch of times about the things that I was telling myself. And so when you're down, 
when you're frustrated, when things aren't going well in your parenting, I want you to do something. I want you to say to yourself, and this is from Brene Brown. I didn't, I didn't create this on my own, but the story I'm telling myself is blank. The story my, that I'm telling myself is I'm not cut out to be a mom. That's crap. That's a story hundred percent. What I'm getting at is the story that you're telling yourself is often the problem. So again, I like to work with my clients to unravel the thoughts that they have in their heads. Because oftentimes when your child is melting down in front of you, saying something rude to you, diso being disobedient, being, uh, you know, not doing what you ask them to do, all the things, right? Or you're having to repeat yourself over and over again or whatever it is, you in that moment are saying something to yourself. And usually it's not very nice. And so we have thoughts running through our head all day long. I like to think of it as a train, right? So in, if you picture a train whizzing by you in each, the, the, the train has multiple cars. And so you can choose to get on a car that is, that is the thought, this kid ruins everything, or my kid is a lost cause or I'm ruining my kids, or I screwed this all up, or whatever it is. It's never nice. But it's a thought that just came into your mind and you decided, no, that's truth. And so all, the difference between a thought and a belief is that you've thought a thought over and over again and it becomes a belief and it actually becomes a neural pathway in your brain. And so when you feel those feelings of your child getting, uh, your child is being frustrating or whatever is triggering you in that moment, boom, your thoughts go to that new belief. So it's like you got on that train car that says, my kid ruins everything. This was the belief that I had about my son, by the way. And, uh, and so my thought was he ruins everything. So I got on that car, but that car was filled with full of shame, disappointment. It was uh, full of anxiety. It was full of judgment, criticism, right? It was a miserable train car to be on. And it cost me my connection. It cost me my relationship. It cost me joy. It cost me being in the moment. It cost me all of those things, but I didn't know how to change it. And, all, and here's, here's what happens is that when you have a belief your brain is so helpful. It goes in search of proving it to be true for you. So it's like when you say, you know, oh, I've never seen that car before. And then you see five that same day. Your brain will tune into what you decide is true for you. But your brain doesn't know the difference between fantasy and reality. Therefore, you can change your thoughts and you can rewire your brain. That's what neuroplasticity is all about. So if I were to look at the misery of the thought that you ruin everything, and if I want to change it to something that is more empowering, that is more positive, that honors both me and my child, because look, there are times that he does, he does ruin things, but really the, the truth is not that he ruins everything, that he just is really struggling and I can help him. So with my coach, we took that thought and She's, she said, would you like to, to let it go? And I'm like, nah, I don't know. It's pretty true. 
She's like, right, but what's it costing you? And that's where I said costing me my, my relationship, my connection and my joy, you know, being in the moment, all that stuff. And I said, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll change it. So she took me through a little process of finding a new belief for myself. And my new belief from you ruin everything was we can work it out. And even now I like sit up a little bit straighter and I think, yeah, we can work this out. We can work it out. There's nothing you can throw at me that I can't work out, that I can't handle, that I can't say, no problem, we'll figure it out. It makes me have more swagger, like Dr. Vanessa LaPointe talks about in the couple of episodes that we've had together. Swagger. It means I am in charge and I got this. Like you got complaints, no problem. I got solutions, kiddo. I got this, right? Even if you have to fly by the seat of your hand, pants, even if you don't actually know where those solutions are, you just are like, yep, I got this. It's you, it's me, it's mine. So what are you saying to yourself in those moments? And the, the internal dialogue I'm talking about, that internal dialogue, what is it saying? What is it saying when you are faced with a situation you don't like with your child? And can you see how it costs you so much? And what can you change it to? And I want you to feel like, uh, like it's a weight lifted off your shoulders or like me, like, oh, I feel way more in control. I feel like I got this. I have got this right? We can work it out. And I still use it to this day. And it, for me, it honors the fact that, look, my son might complain. That's okay. I know he might complain and I know he has some extra needs and that's okay. I can honor the fact that he may have those complaints, but I know that I can work it out because I'm the mama. I got this, right? So I just want you to be really aware of the story that you're telling yourself. And maybe as you're listening, you know, stop the recording for a minute stop the, the podcast for a minute, write down those thoughts that are in your head. What are you saying to yourself? Just look at it. Don't judge it. Don't criticize it. That's not what this is about. Just what are you saying to yourself and what can you change it to? Okay, moving on. I just mentioned Dr. Vanessa LaPointe and I joked about this and I think I might actually get, I, I think I might actually do this. I don't know why, but I told her I was going to get this tattooed on my arm. When connection is high, resistance is low. So when connection is high, resistance is low. You know, so often when parents come to me and they're really struggling with their kids, their kids are screaming at them, not actually, but through their actions and through their behavior. Remember behavior is communication, just letting us know something's going on, right? Either a need isn't getting met, a feeling isn't validated, or they don't have a skill yet. And sometimes they're just screaming at us. And I had a client one time and she said, you know, my son, he hits me, he scratches me. It just drives me crazy. And, and I said, well, what have you been missing? Like how, how tuned into him are you when he's doing this? Because when connection is high, resistance is low. And she wasn't paying attention to him. She was stressed about other things. She was worried about um, how clean he was after school, right? It was right during COVID. She was stressed about all that stuff and she was missing his communication. And so by no fault of his own, he just like, and can you imagine like you get madder and madder and madder and it's like you're, you're the thermostat, right? Until you just blow out the top and that's what he was doing. He was scratching and it was like, he was like wanting to like smack or like mom, pay attention to me, right? 
So when you have behavior that you don't like, sometimes it's because your connection isn't there right now, or your connection needs some work and you need to go back and reconnect. And by the way, it's never too late. But what I know from all of the guests that I've had that talk about things like um, John Sovak, who talked about supporting your LGBTQ plus child or, um, or the addicted child, um, where we talk about your kids getting into drugs, the way through it is through connection. The way through supporting your child is through connection. It's all about connection and our kids need it. And we are wired for connection, right? That's why isolation and, and, and lockdowns have been so hard on us because we need our people, right? We need our people. And as parents, we are the number one. Connection needs to be the highest between parents and our children. And like I've said before, when we have that deep connection with our kids, they will want to come with, to us. They will want to talk to us. They will choose to be with us when they can choose whether or not to be with us. And it just lets them know and reaffirms for them that we are their safe place and that we are just there as their biggest supporters and we can help them work stuff out, even if they've done something bad or wrong or naughty or, or, or in trouble. Connection really is everything. It's everything. And connection is made up of everything from what I've already talked about, not taking things personal, slowing down, deeply listening to your child, validating emotions and giving empathy, asking for help when you need it, not trying to be everything to everyone and nothing to yourself. You know, noticing the story you're telling yourself, all of that. You know, all of that is what builds connection. So please know that when things are off, go back and reconnect. It's never too late. No matter, it doesn't matter how old your kids are, you can still go back and repair any kind of rupture in your relationship and reconnect. It may take time, the older they are, the longer it's gone on, but it can always happen, it can always happen. Okay. So that's connection. And that's why I named my company Parenting for Connection. You know, that's that's because it's everything. It's everything. All right. Now I want to talk about punishing because I know with this way of parenting, um, parents get stuck on punishing and they want to know, okay, well, if I'm not supposed to punish my kids, how do I teach them a lesson? And it's right, it's right in there in the question. You have to teach. I want you to think of raising your kids as teaching your kids. And that punishment just, punishment sends all the wrong messages, right? When we punish our kids, think about it. They are less likely to focus on what they did or should have done and more likely to focus on the punishment and how mean you are, right? I remember when I was hit as a kid, all I'd think about is how mean my parent was and how much I hated them. So it actually distracts from the actual issue, which was the thing that the kid did that was wrong, right? It, it also shows that the people who are the most important to me, who love me, who cuddle me, who tickle me, who kiss away my tears, who support me, sometimes they take away the things that I love the most and hurt me on purpose. How can I fully trust them? And 
as your kids grow older, and I talked about this in the last episode, your power and your influence, if you've just used punishments, it starts to ebb. And that's the natural way of things, right? As your kids get older, they get jobs, they get cars, they have a life outside of your home. And so your threats for punishment, your, your threats in general, just are shrugged off by your kids. And you've never learned how to influence them, right? And that's the key. So punishments don't work, but what you do instead is you teach. Your child does something you don't like, you, you say, okay, how come? What's going on? How do we fix this? And then maybe they do it again. And you say, hey, remember we talked about that. Let's go back to the, you know, maybe that solution that we came up with doesn't work. What do we need to do? You just keep teaching and teaching and teaching until they get it. Remember, they don't have fully grown brains. It's the teaching that's important. It's the teaching. So please teach your kids, don't hurt them, don't punish them, don't take the things away that they love because then we become figures of instability and they don't know whether we're coming or going and then that creates a dynamic where your kids are always hustling and they're more demanding than ever instead of trusting you, leaning on you for the support and the guidance that they need. Our kids definitely need boundaries. They need, you know, they, they need to know what's okay and what's not okay. But when they do something that's not okay, it's why, how come, how do we fix this? Were you not clear about it? Or, you know, we need to learn this again or, you know, whatever. But it's not about taking things away and hurting them and punishing them. And I talk to parents and uh, there's, there's a couple of parents that come to mind and they just keep taking the Xbox away. They just keep taking it away, keep taking it away. And I'm like, you guys, no, you gotta stop. It's not working. It's not working. If it was working, wouldn't you only have to do it once? If it really worked, no, right? It's not working. So we've got to come up with a different way. So I've talked about, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to feel like you're failing because we all do. It's a shared human experience, shared parenting experience. The story you're telling yourself is often the problem. When connection is high, resistance is low. Focus on teaching, not punishing. And lastly, and I save this one for the last for a reason, is to have grace. It's to have grace for yourself when you make a mistake. It's to have grace for your child when they're just trying and they're failing and they're not doing the best they can. It's grace for your spouse who doesn't do things the way you want them to do all the time. It's grace for your parents that they only were doing the best that they ever could. It's really about just being okay with things being messy sometimes and that things aren't always gonna work out the way you want them to. And grace just means that you can be okay with the way things are and you don't have to criticize somebody else, right? How about grace for those moms that you think have it all together, but secretly might not? Oh, grace is so important, you know? And, and I know that, you know, oftentimes when I work with couples, I have to say that to him, like, look, you guys are just doing this together. You're just starting this new way of communicating, this new way of being with your kids and you gotta go easy on each other. That's what I mean. I mean, go easy on yourself. Notice those thoughts, 
forgive yourself, let it go. It's okay to let it go. You don't have to keep track of all of your mistakes and all of the things that you didn't, you think you didn't do right. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Right? You can ask for forgiveness. You can forgive yourself, but I just want you to have grace for yourself and grace for yourself also means taking care of yourself. It means being kind to yourself. And that means maybe you take a day off here or there. You, you ask for help so you can do something that makes you happy and brings you joy, right? And not feel bad about it. That's grace. And so I wanna leave you there and I want to ask you, who needs some grace in your life? Is it you? Is it your partner, your husband, your wife? Is it maybe your in-laws, maybe your parents? You know, who needs some grace? Because what I know for sure is that for the most part, most people are just trying their best to do their best. And if their best isn't good enough in your eyes, you know, first remember it's not personal and second, you know, give them some grace. What I know now is that the way people act and the way people show up in their lives is because of their own experiences. It's not about me at all. You might hate me, but I know that that's not about me. That's because you're feeling something that I bring out in you or I bring up in you. It's not about me. And so who needs more grace in your life? Who can you forgive and let go? That's where I want to leave you today. I hope that helps you. I hope that helps. And I, again, want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to my show, for being the kind of parent that cares. And I want to just end by saying thank you to a few people. I want to say thank you to my beautiful kids, Parker and Aiden, to my husband, who is everything to me, to the people in my life who have helped me from our doctor to our pediatrician to people like Dr. Vanessa LaPointe who have personally helped me to Michelle Schilbach who has helped us as well to my beautiful sister-in-law who helped me in some dark times even when I pushed her away to some beautiful friends that I have I think of my friend Susan um, my friend Diana my friend Tanya people who who I really love and who have been there for me in some of my darkest times. So this is for you as well. And uh, I'm sure there's people, oh, I wanna also just say, I have had some really beautiful people help me with my podcast. So Michelle from Amplify You, thank you. Erin, you are the best. You are so patient with me in this, uh, in, in all my podcast episodes, I'm gonna make you listen to the end of this so you hear this. And um, to Evans, Evans, you are awesome. Thank you for all of your help. Thank you for um, helping me with this podcast and helping me to create a product that I'm really proud of. So with that said, I hope you will enter to win some time with me, a package with me, go to parentingourfuture.com. And again, thank you for being the kinds of parents that want to bring your kids up so they thrive in this complicated world that we have. But I'll tell you what, when you parent like this every day, you don't have to worry about the future because that this way of parenting ensures their long-term well-being and it also ensures yours. Thank you so much. Bye for now.
Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.